0: Welcome to episode 14 of Getting Real, the perfect listing consultation. As someone who built my entire business on the listing side of real estate and attracted all the buyers from those listings, this is one thing that I am pumped to talk to you about today. And before we do that, though, I have to take a minute to thank you for supporting our mission here at Natalie and here at getting real. I fundamentally want to change the real estate industry for the better. It's why I'm doing all of this that I am doing. And by you listening to this podcast, by you liking it, whether you're watching, you're listening, doesn't matter whether you like, share, subscribe, anything you do that helps us further that mission, I am so damn appreciative of you. And I hope to continue having your support as we continue going every single week on this podcast. As we're now ending 2023, the need to be the premier listing agent in your area is obvious. And today I'm going to share with you my exact process for a premier listing consultation. I don't pull up PowerPoints. I don't go crazy. I have a very consultative style. I go and have a conversation. But there's things that I do before the consultation, at the consultation, after the consultation that leads to success. So I'm going to share a lot of that process today, and I'm excited to dive in right now. Let's first talk about before a listing consultation. I don't care what the source is, whether you're prospecting, whether it's a referral, whether it's a friend of yours, whether It's from somebody you met at an open house that also has to sell their house, whether it's a lead, I don't care. But my process before a listing consultation is almost exactly the same, no matter who the person is. At some point, you will set an appointment to go meet with someone for a listing consultation at their home. And that could be this weekend. Right now, it's Wednesday. It could be on Saturday morning. It could be on Friday night. Doesn't matter. The key is the first thing I do is set up Obviously a Google invite, I CC them on them. I make sure that they're aware. I set the reminders for a day before, an hour before, and 30 minutes before. So three reminders before I even do anything. I put this in my calendar and I CC them on it. I put their email in that Google calendar event to remind them a day before, an hour before, and 30 minutes before that you will be coming. Now I'll get to what I do the day up. This is the day. This is days before when you set the appointment right away. So once I set an appointment with someone, and if you ever book a coaching call with me, you ever book a consultation with me, you book anything with me, you'll realize that unless I'm in the middle of doing something when we set it, I will send you a calendar invite like that right away. Again, it makes you seem like you are on top of the ball. You're just ready to go. So I send it out right away. I then put together a nice packet and put it in the mail. I put together a marketing plan, I put together our statistics, I put a little bit about me and what our team does, our success, all of that stuff, and I pop it in the mail and send it to them. It's the same documents I'm actually going to bring to the listing comp station. However, it's good to send them beforehand so they can take a look at them and really absorb any questions. I also send them the best comps for their house. I don't put a full CMA together, I don't give them a price evaluation, but I do send them what we do how we do it, and the best comparables for their house based on an internet search. Again, I'm not in their home, unless it's a friend of mine that I've been in their house to give them like a real exact estimate before I get in the door. This is for someone you probably haven't seen their home or haven't seen in a while. So I send them the comps, send them what we do, put them in the mail to be delivered at best the day before, hopefully a few days before that consultation. If it's not possible so say you talk to someone and you set a meeting for later that day, you pop them in an email. You set up the Google Calendar invite, you set up your calendar invite, you send it to them, you CC them. And then after that, you send them the documents you want to send them. You say, please try to review these. I know we're meeting later today, but please try to review these before we get together at five o'clock tonight. Once that's out there, I'm then prepping for the appointment. How I prep for a listed conversation is simple. I dive into the comps and I know the addresses, what types of kitchen they had, as much information, so you can kind of just rattle it off at the table. So when you're talking about comparables you're not like looking back at them. You're like, "Oh yeah, you're t- you're at 123 Main Street. Yeah, the one at 125, remember that had the white kitchen and the finished basement. The one at 127 though had that really dated kitchen but they put that huge addition on." So you want to be at that level. So a lot of it this takes about probably about an hour before a consultation. to to really gather together exactly what you want to talk about when it comes to the comparables. Because most of the conversation at a listing conversation should be focused on one thing and one thing only, the price. That's all you should be focusing on. Because everything else you should be doing beforehand to show that you are the expert, to show that you are the person they should hire, that should all be done beforehand by how you're walking down this process. So if you have documents out to them, you have the Google Calendar, and now you're prepped with the... Comparables, you should be ready to go to this appointment. I show up to every single listing consultation at least 10 or 15 minutes early. About two minutes before the appointment, a minute or two before, I will get out of my car. I always park right in front of their door. Again, five to 10 to 15 minutes early. One to two minutes before the appointment time is when I open my door and I start to walk slowly up to their door. So I walk up to the door. I knock on the door I ring the bell, I then take a few steps back. I, if there's stairs going up to the front door, even just one step, I turn away from the door, I put one leg up on the step, but my body is facing back towards the street. And yes, I do this every single time. The seller, potential client, opens the door, and I turn around and I greet him with the biggest smile, Say, you must be so-and-so. And And that is a great, great first impression. Big smile on your face. I'm not standing an inch from the door. I'm not standing seven miles away from the door. I am literally just a few steps back. I'm turned away. When I hear that door open, I turn around with a big-ass smile on my face. Say You must be Susan. And that's how I nail the first impression. When, it get, when we get inside, I quickly read what their house is telling me. One of the first things I look at is their feet. Now, that sounds weird, but I look and see if they're wearing shoes or if there's a bunch of shoes piled by the front door. If I see them without shoes and shoes all neatly organized by the front door, I will always say, let me take off my shoes because I can already tell they do not want shoes in their home. If they're wearing shoes, if they're walking around in a pair of dress shoes themselves or sneakers themselves, or if I see a kid running around in their shoes in the house, I'll say, Do you, would you like me to take off my shoes? I'll offer knowing that most likely they're going to say, no, don't bother. And if you can't tell if their house is the type of house where they typically wear shoes or not, always be polite and ask. If someone tells you no, it's perfectly fine. Come on in. But I have one Listings telling you right now, I have won listings from my competitors due to this one simple thing of asking if I should take my shoes off. And also, if I notice that they take their shoes off and they walk around either in slippers and everything's neatly organized by the front door, or if they're from a culture where shoes are not worn in the home, that sends you up the roof in terms of first impressions. So you've turned around, you have a warm smile on your face, you've greeted them. Now you're walking into their home and being humble and not being arrogant, just walking in and expecting to be able to keep your shoes on. Because some people, that is important to them. Some people, it doesn't matter. That's why if you notice that they're wearing shoes, you just ask politely, they're probably going to say, no, you continue to wear your shoes. This makes a difference. These small things, guys, make the biggest difference in getting listings. So then I, I enter the home and I look at them. I said, "It's you know, pleasure to meet you. I appreciate you having me out here today." So before we go and sit down and talk and do all that fun stuff, I would love to see your best real estate agent impression. I would love to see what you would look like if you were on HGTV as you show me around your house. And so then they they usually get into it a little bit, and this is the living room, and and they give us their best Vanna White uh, to show the house, and, and it's always a very important time. To be building rapport. So what I like to do is, even in a vacant home, you can do this: is try to pinpoint things, ask about them, and especially if it's something they've done, compliment them. So wow, these these floors look great. Are they are they real hardwood? Yeah, no, they they are. They're you know white oak. We we had them put in last year. Wow, you guys, this, the finish you guys picked on these was perfect. Even down to some of the, either the furnishings, the paintings on the walls, decoration, light fixtures. Like, oh my God, I love this bathroom light fixture. Oh yeah, yeah. My wife, my wife picked that out two years ago. She's got, she's got great taste. This is, this is beautiful. Complimenting them, not BSing them. If the house looks like crap, smells like crap, and there's really not much you can find, saying this is the most beautiful house in the world is not smart. However pinpointing certain things as you walk through, asking about them, and then especially if it's something they did to the house, complimenting them, your rapport is being solidified before you even sit down at the table. So I let them give me the whole house tour. And the importance of this is so you know what the house actually looks like before you sit down at that table. Because there's nothing worse than getting to that table, talking about a little bit about marketing, getting into price, but then having to say, okay, you know what, let me actually look at the house now. So I invite them to give me their best real estate agent impression. I let them have fun with it. I'm complimenting them on things that they've done to the house. Not everything. I'm not sitting there kissing their ass. At the same time, though, if the floors look nice or the counters look a little bit different, if the paint color of the cabinets is a little bit different, but you really like it, or the backsplash looks good or the way their their kitchen table fits perfectly. If they have a really modern looking fireplace that they might've just repainted or redone. All these different things are opportunities to compliment the seller. Ask about them. If they've done them, compliment them. Even if they didn't, still compliment them. I still love that. Cause then they might say, you know what, that was probably the reason I bought this house. That back deck to the backyard with the pool. Yeah, it was here. That's what we we spoke to. And then you could bring in some expertise and that's that's gonna be the type of buyer we need to find. Right. Already starting some of that language before you even sit down, like this is the type of buyer we're going to need to find that really appreciates that is already getting you and the seller on the same page, on the same side. I nail probably 99% of my listing conversations, if not more. Most listing conversations I go on, I get the listing. Now, I've been doing this a long time. But even before that, when I would go on for sale by owners, and expires and all these different appointments, I still had a ridiculously high closing percentage versus the average agent. And the reason mostly was because I built a lot of these processes and systems into my listing consultation. So then it comes to sitting at the table. And yes, guys, this is even important how you do it. If you are meeting with a couple or an individual, you should know this. If you are sitting with a man, you would love to be positioned straight across from them, straight on as a man is great for consultations. Women, on the other hand, typically do better if they are positioned either next to or at an angle. So what ideally will happen, depending on how you're sitting, you would love to be across from the husband or the male figure, and you would love to be next to or diagonal on an angle to the female of the group, the wife. It's just the way... Now, we don't make this an awkward thing where if the husband sits at the end of the table, the wife sits next to him at the first seat in, that you then go all the way across a 10 person table and sit at the other end. Again, it's not 100% possible on every single consultation. It's just where you ideally seat. And especially if you are meeting with only one of them, if you're only meeting with a male figure or a female figure, now you know where to position yourself. But when you're meeting with a couple, it'd be great for the Wife to be at the end of the table, the husband to be across, and you sitting right next to the wife, right across from the husband. That is ideal seating for body language and for building connection with each person in the group. But again, if you can't do that, don't go crazy. Don't overthink it. It becomes more natural. If you try to put this into your business on your next conversation, station, you're probably going to sit there and try to think about it and map it out in your head. And I get that. I don't want to make you overthink However, it will become much more natural. And the more you role play your listing conversations, maybe with people in your office, you'll see that there's a way where you can kind of offer a seat to the female partner. You could offer a seat to the male partner, and then, then go around to your side of the table. You could do these different things that really, really help nail exactly where you want someone down. And I open the conversation very, very simply. I open with a very much... Open-ended question. I said, do, you know, do you, obviously. I hope you've reviewed everything that I sent you. Most people do say yes because if they're meeting with you, they're going to want to know the information. It's not, you know, um, a blind lead that's just you're hoping looked at your information. It's someone that's meeting with you. So I hope you reviewed the information I sent you either in the mail or by email. And usually that's when they pull it out and I say, okay, great. I printed out another copy just in case you didn't you didn't still have it. I'm going to go over everything that I do. But let's, let's start with you. What are you hoping to do? I know from previous conversations, you're, you're hoping to sell this house and move to Y location. Is that still the case? If you don't know that, it's a very open ended question. What are you hoping to accomplish here? And waiting for them to really thoroughly answer the question. So you understand exactly what they are looking for. So we're hoping to sell our house. We're trying to sell it for X buy a house in Florida, in Carolinas, in Virginia, in Ohio, wherever they're looking to move, try to be closer to the grandkids, all that type stuff. I love to get people talking about them and themselves and what they're trying to do. It helps solidify rapport. I understand a lot of people, when we get into listing consultation mode, we get into (laughs) presentation mode. We get into that, we need to have this killer listing consultation. Let me try to convince you guys, it's still a listing consultation, you absolutely need one, but look at it more as a conversation. That's what I've done. It works well for my style, I'm not here to deceive anyone, BS them, and try to dupe them into listing their house to me. I want people who are motivated to work with me because those are people that are motivated and going to listen to the advice that I have for them to sell for top dollar and get the job done in their time frame. The people that are just viewing you or you deceive them, they're not 100% trusting of everything, are not going to be the ideal client. They're going to be the client that stresses you the hell out. So having a client make up their mind, decide on working with you from a very authentic place, not BSing them, not deceiving them is powerful to building a sustainable business. So they share a lot of what they're trying to do, what they're trying to accomplish. It helps give me a picture of exactly what they're trying to do. And then I, I really quickly pivot to, so you looked at everything I had to set. Is there anything on there that you, you have questions about anything we do marketing-wise? I know we're going to do the videographer, the photographer, we're going to get it listed on, you know, 500 websites, all the typical stuff you see. Is there any questions on anything that I do? Maybe you've heard of other agents doing, want to make sure we do it, anything at all. And you know what about 80 to 90% of people say? No, I'm good. I looked up all your reviews. I looked up everything about you. I, just, I reviewed everything you send me. All looks great. That is an awesome feeling. And I go, so let's talk about what you probably want to talk about, the price. So, and I leave it to them what are you hoping to get out of this house? When you walk away in your pocket, what are you hoping to get? Guys, we got to stop being uncomfortable talking about compensation and price. Again, some people's expectations may be unrealistic. And it's your job not to call them crazy, but to find out why they're hoping to get an X price and only pay a Y commission. That's our job. So when I ask them, what are you hoping to get? And And I do this every time. Right here in your pocket. And so they'll say, you know, I'm hoping... Worst case scenario, best case scenario, whatever. They they will word it however they will word it. It'll tell a lot about them and their character and their personality. But they will say, I want to walk away with at least $700,000. Okay, great. Did you get a chance to review the comps that I sent to you in in the mail? Yeah, yeah, no, we looked at them. And I know this is where they go into I know, John, uh, most of those comps are in the $600,000 range. Yeah, no, it's great. I saw that as well. looks like you have a beautiful home here. How do you think your house is... $100,000 $100,000 different for them than the competition? Or why do you feel you, you deserve $100,000 more? These are some of the questions that will draw down on why they expect whatever price they expect. Most people say, you know what? I looked at the comps. I looked at what's selling the neighborhood. Everyone's going to think their house is nicer than the neighbors. And I say, you know, I know uh Bob's down the street sold for 680 but I'm hopeful because there's nothing on the market. I can get a little bit higher a very realistic thought. I would hope so too. There is nothing on the market and I would hope we'd be able to achieve a few percent higher than what Bob got if all else things, if all other things are equal. But did you see that Bob had a finished basement where you don't have a finished basement? And Bob's kitchen was just redone in 2021. Yours looks like, if I'm I'm guessing just from a style, like 2015. So it's a few years older. Starting to talk to your clients like this makes the difference. And also, everything I've done up until this point makes me feel comfortable coming at this almost like a doctor or lawyer would. I'm not here to just take orders. I'm not a, a waitress. I'm not a server. I am here to be a consultative expert and be able to discuss options with them, just as if a lawyer would or just as if a doctor would. And I've done this by setting up a massive amount of professionalism before we even got to this conversation from 10 seconds after the phone call, getting a Google invite to our meeting, to constantly reminding them, to reminding them and texting them the morning of an appointment, to showing up on time, to showing up actually a few minutes early, to knocking on their door on time, to delivering a warm smile, to building rapport, to sitting down and and taking an actual conversation with them and not just going through everything I can do to help them sell their house. Everything at that point has set up this conversation about price because it is the most important one. And if you hit this, you will knock it out of the park when it comes to being a listing agent. So they're going to tell you whatever price they're hoping for. There's chances, and I've met with people over these last few years, that they will say, you know what, I want 700 And I'll look at them and say, well, we could probably ask 760 for it. Did you know that the one down the street just sold for 750 it's not always you have to talk them down on price. That's probably about 60 to 70% of it. I'd say another 30%, if we're at 60, is people who are just spot on. And then the last 10% actually underprice their house. And it's our job to inform them, hey, you can get more. And here's the different pricing strategies we can do around that. So once they tell me what they're hoping for is when I can really come up with my approach. Because if they want a higher number, I will give them options. And they'll, they'll always pivot back, you know, I want to get 700. What do you, but what do you think, John? And this is where like, the husband will say he wants 700 and the wife will say he's going to say you're crazy. And that's fine. And I don't play into it too much. I might laugh because the, they're going to laugh. And I'll say, you know what? Looking at the comps, it looks like the best comparable house we have to yours just sold recently for 650. But now there's nothing on the market. That one sold right away. And it looks like it sold just above asking. I see there's a couple other houses on the market a little bit higher than us, but again, don't maybe don't maybe have a little more square footage, but don't have as nice of finishes as you have. We start playing the comparison game. And then this is where becoming that expert before you walked in the door and saying, you know, I know you're talking about Bob's house. Bob's house did have the finished basement. Bob's house did have the updated kitchen. Those things really like being able to regurgitate those in this moment are so important. And having it become natural and not having to look at sheets or do anything literally makes you the expert. It hands down makes you the expert. So they're going to say, okay, yeah, that makes sense. You know, that makes sense that I might not be able to get 700 But I would love to try. Okay, great. And here's where you have options when it comes to pricing. And I usually give them three. I give them a wait and see. I gave them a you guys are getting divorced and you need to sell tomorrow. And then most likely they're going to end up somewhere in the middle. And somewhere in the middle is that price that's probably going to sell it pretty quick right around the asking maybe a few percentage points above and if everything goes well maybe dramatically higher but realistically if you're pricing a house right guys it should not sell this has been one of my biggest pet peeves over the last few years a house should not sell three four five hundred thousand over the asking price if it's not you know six seven million dollar house right if a house is asking seven hundred thousand and it's really worth 900,000 and you end up getting 925. And you sold it 225,000 over asking. Did you really do the seller justice? Cuz there's a good chance if you priced it actually where it's supposed to sell at 899, they might have gotten 930 or 940 or 950. So if you actually price it in line, maybe a slight slight bit underneath, will you get a few percentage points over what you should get. So I give them those three options. The wait-and-see approach, the you're getting divorced, and that's actually what I call them. You're getting divorced and you need to sell tomorrow. Very, you know, we need a bidding war type price. And then somewhere in the middle is probably the market value. I tell them that there's no way to, unless you have 10 houses exactly like yours, same finishes, same age, same uh, exact features, same bedroom, same model, everything that sold in the last six months, it is impossible to say you are going to get X price. It's probably going to vary around a 5 6% range. I would love to see you, Mr. and Mrs. Seller, get at the very, very peak of that, if not above. And this is the pricing strategy to deliver that. But if you want to wait and see, then let's try this. If you want to, if your guys are getting divorced tomorrow, we need to do this. And then this is how we get our sellers on page with us. We come off as super professional. They typically, 90% of the time, agree to the price that we state. And we're usually leaving, the, Usually leaving, and we're usually getting an agreement at that table. Now, the other thing I will do is I do not, even though I believe that many times we walk away with an agreement, for the ones that don't, I don't pressure them. I don't say, hey, here's the documents, let's sign. I say, if you need some time to think about it, that's perfectly fine. Take some time. By all means, it's a big decision on who you are. I finalize any questions that they may have, and then I respectfully depart from their house, And then when I get about 10 minutes away, I pull over. I don't do this while I'm driving. I usually pull over, pull into a parking lot, and I quickly text him, say, hey, about to head into my next meeting, but I did want to just thank you guys sincerely for taking the 30, 40, whatever, however many minutes, that amount of time uh, to meet with me today. And you know, the percentage that doesn't list with me at the table, about 90% of people when I send that text boom. You know what, John, let's hire you. Some people need time to process things. So if we go there with the expectations to always get the listing 100% and we need to get the paperwork signed at the table or else we will not get that listing, don't do it. If someone needs a little bit of time to process, that's the way my brain works. I like to process things for a little bit and then decide. So I like to give that opportunity. Most people, when we deliver a price, I usually say, is there anything holding holding you back from let's?" starting this relationship, getting, you know, getting our photographer, getting our videographer out here, most people are gung-ho about it. But if there are people that are a little bit hesitant or just need some time to think, I let them think. And even just giving them 15, 20 minutes, giving them the time to just look at each other and say, yeah, John's our guy, matters. So by doing so, you're you're helping yourself out rather than trying to push them or doing a second sales tactic or backdoor close or all this different stuff you can do. Respectfully depart from the house, pull over 10 minutes later, 15 minutes later, Text them a sincere thank you for meeting with you and see what happens. If someone does decide at the table to listen with me, I'll usually literally at the table I'll say, give me two seconds, boom, 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 text out my photographer and videographer, ask for their next availability. So if they get back to me right away, which they typically do, great. Before I leave, I can have that appointment set. And then also, if it's not, I will, once I hear back from them, I do reach out to them right away. I want to continue that constant <coughs> communication. Make sure they know, even after that appointment, even after they've agreed, even after they've signed, they got their guy, you wanna keep building that. This is how you build a sustainable business, guys. You don't do it by delivering a half ass experience and just being the agent at that time. You do it by delivering the best experience, people know what to expect of you, you deliver on those expectations, you get a house sold, you literally walk people through the process, constantly communicate, this is how you become the agent of choice. And this process I just laid out for you today is the exact process you need to, to crush your listing comp stations. Crush your listing comp stations. When you do all the things that I laid out here today, you will become the listing agent of choice in your area. No matter whether you're prospecting, whether you're meeting with referrals, whether you're meeting with friends, family, leads, doesn't matter. Start putting this into practice in your business. See what happens.